Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Mindset Over Matter, a bi-weekly podcast hosted by me, Ashley. And if you don't know who I am, hi. Over the last couple of years, I've lost almost 100 pounds, and this is a podcast where I share with you my story and everything I've learned that can be applicable to your life, weight loss related or not weight loss related. We talk about mindset, sustainable habits, and we just, we're going to have a good time. So if that sounds like your vibe, then make sure you go ahead and follow me. This podcast is available on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. Let's jump right into today's episode where I begin to tell you all about my story of how I lost 100 pounds. Hello, everybody. Happy 2022. If you missed my first episode of Mindset Over Matter, go check it out right now, where I kind of introduce what this podcast is all about. We talk about building sustainable habits and how that can help you reach your goals in the new year. My name is Ashley. For those of you who don't know or Ash, I am 23 years old, currently reside in the Northeast. And I want to be a personal trainer or a weight loss coach or who knows. I just want to teach and lead people and inspire people and ultimately build a community around me, whether it be in person, online, in my work, at a school, who knows. I want to build a community that is supportive, it is understanding, it is kind, and most importantly, likes the same stuff that I do. So if you're into fitness, food, or you have been through, are going through, or want to go through a weight loss journey, then I might just be your gal. I made this podcast because like many others, I get inspired by creators that I watch. And I watched these plus size creators because I was a part of the plus size community for a very long time. And I found a lot of kindness, support, and understanding in that community because for the first time in my life, I found people that looked like me. I grew up one of the only bigger kids in my school. I went to a very small school between our two classroom grades. So we had two teachers for each grade. There were 30 of us in total. So 15 people in my like homeroom class, right? I was really the only one who was plus size. I was the only one who grew up bigger than everyone else. And I felt isolated. I felt unseen and nobody understood my struggles. And then I learned how to use the internet. I found YouTube. I found Instagram. But most importantly, I found YouTube where I found creators who looked like me, who had the same experiences as me and who had been through the same shit that I've been through. So I found a lot of solace and comfort watching them. And recently, the past couple years, when I really started my weight loss journey and just finding out who I am and what I wanted to do with my life, you know, searching for that thing that would get me up every day and that would make me feel purposeful and fulfill my ever-growing needs in this lifetime, <laughs> I found the weight loss and health and fitness community. And more recently, when I watch creators like 
Beatrice Caruso, April Lauren, a little less Ashley, Samantha Schreiber, who all share their experiences as plus size creators who are trying to lose weight and are putting that story online in their journey and their process and opening themselves up to ridicule. I just, my heart breaks a little on the inside because I've been there. I've done that. I've watched people do that. And it's so, so incredibly disheartening to hear them share their experiences sometimes because I'm just, I want to reach through the screen and be like, I want to be your friend so bad. I want to share with you what I share with my friends and people in my life who think similarly and that aren't a part of the plus size community, you know? And that's the thing about social media and ideal standards is that we all go through some sort of insecurity and self-doubt and looking at ourselves in the mirror and being like, damn, I do not live up to what people think I should look like. And it's this idea we create in our heads, right? And so I hear creators like April Lauren or Beatrice Caruso speaking, or Samantha Schreiber um, in particular, who I absolutely adore, who talk about their experiences and share what they're going through. And it, it just breaks my heart sometimes because I've been there, I felt that, I've done that, and I've overcome that. And I want to share my experiences in hopes that it does find people like them and it lands in this popular weight loss space so that we can all be on the same page of granting ourselves kindness and forgiveness and understanding that sometimes in order to move forward, we have to go backwards. And it can be really, really hard when you're the person going through that and you feel like you're just being watched under this microscope. So I created this podcast. I started sharing my story because of people like them, because I felt inspired, I felt encouraged, and I felt safe enough to do so. And I'm finally at a time in my life where I feel like I have something to share, and I found my niche, and my friends are all really, really supportive, and I couldn't be luckier and more grateful for the support system and the team that I have in my life to start sharing my story with people. So let's start at the very beginning. Childhood. The the whatever you want to call it, just, just childhood. It was, it was, I, like I said, uh, a little bit earlier, I grew up plus size, but I also grew up very athletic. I was the second child of three in total. My brother grew up playing sports. I grew up playing sports. I've tried every single sport, I think under the sun. I'm sorry if you can hear my dogs in the background. <laughs> I'm inside recording this today, but I grew up playing every sport under the sun. Um, I've tried tennis. I've tried swimming. I tried, basketball and softball and track and you name it, I've played it. I grew up mainly loving soccer. I was a goalie and I loved soccer, but I let my insecurities of my body get in the way. In middle school, I stopped playing and that is probably one of the biggest regrets I will ever have in my life is stopping playing soccer. But, um, you know, we, we live and we learn and we move on. But I always knew I was bigger, okay? I was never fooling myself. At some point in my life, probably second grade, so what is that, seven, eight years old, I really became aware that I was a different size than everyone else. In particular, an experience I always share with people is in third grade, so eight or nine, I had a really big crush on a boy as a young girl does is she starts being interested in cute boys. I had a big crush and we had a mutual friend and I said, Hey, find, find out what he thinks. Yeah, no, he said I was a good friend, but he couldn't like me like that because I was bigger. 
And that has stuck with me my entire life, even now that I've lost almost a hundred pounds. I still see myself as the bigger girl. And I always will. That'll always be something I see myself as, especially because of that one defining experience I had at eight years old. He didn't realize he was saying like what he was saying was going to be ingrained in my brain the rest of my life. He didn't realize the effect that that was about to have on me, but it did. So when boys did finally start having crushes on me in middle school, I was like, there's no way. There's no way they like the plus size baddie wearing an oversized t-shirt and khaki Bermuda shorts. <laughs> There's no way. So I would, but growing up, it would always get pointed out a lot when people, you know, wanted to bully me about something or make me feel inferior because I was clearly smarter than everyone else. You know, that's what I brought to the table were my brains, which now I have a lack of, but at the time, you know, when I was sticking up for my friends that were being bullied or anything like that, the first thing people will point out was my weight. You know, why are you wearing that puffy jacket? Your fat rolls, you already have enough fat rolls. That was something that was said to me in fifth or sixth grade, pointing out my big boobs in fifth grade. You know, people were like, are you even wearing a bra? No, my mom, I wore a training bra. I had big boobs in fifth grade and my mom put me in a training bra. She really set me up for failure when she did that. But I look back now and I do see that I was athletic. I was strong and I let my size define me. I let my weight define me. My doctors let my weight define me, you know, for the first time in my life, I think I was an adult when I met a doctor who had didn't want to discuss my weight at all. But I, one of my first doctors that I remember, you know, that's all they commented on was my weight. And so it's really hard to feel like you have a place in society and on your sports teams and in your classrooms and in any community that you're a part of when you're 12 years old, because you have people telling you left and right in your circle that are supposed to be supporting you and guiding you and helping you that, Hey, you know, you're fat and the world doesn't like you like that. So you should probably lose a little bit of weight. How do you think that's going to affect me? anyone when they grow up. And so I'm really working on and what I have worked on over losing 80 pounds is rewiring that part of my brain that still sees myself as a fat kid, that still sees myself as the outsider because of my weight. And one song in particular that I just want to quickly mention to anybody looking for a good cry. It's not fully released yet, but Fat Funny Friend by Maddie Zams, Zams, Z-A-H-M-S. She's on TikTok. She wrote it with Katie Turner, who got really popular on American Idol, uh, on American Idol, excuse me. It is, she puts into words an entire experience a lot of us have shared. And it is being the fat, funny friend. And once you lose that weight, once you finally start becoming the version of yourself that you've prayed to the universe that it would let you become once you're here once I, I'm finally here I don't know what to do because I'm, I'm still stuck in the mindset in the brain and the body of someone who is 250 pounds I and I don't know how to escape that I don't know how to escape those experiences I don't know how to let stop letting those experiences define me and so that is a big part of healing and weight loss for me was being able to redefine my experiences now as a 23 year old who's lost 80 pounds. You know, what is my life going to look like now? What can I do now in this moment and going forward that can help me reshape 
those ideas that I have of myself because other people told me I had to have them of myself. So Fat Funny Friend was a song that really opened my eyes to that. And, you know, and being able to look back at my childhood, realize that I was actually athletic and strong and muscular. And that's why, you know, I was a little bit bigger. I wasn't, I was chubby. Like I was a chubby kid, you know what I mean? But I wish that I had listened to my mom when she just said I was athletic. And I just want to make a public apology (laughs) to my nine-year-old self, to my 12-year-old self, to my 18 and 20-year-old selves. You know, I'm sorry for how I treated myself until I started losing weight and was finally able to look back at my life and realize everything that I had done. And I am so sorry for the way that I treated her when she was just trying to survive and to feel better and to find her purpose when she spent time in the world feeling like she didn't have one. All that being said, fast forward to high school, middle school, like seventh, eighth grade probably is when I started dipping my feet into eating disorders. A trigger warning now for anybody who is listening to the rest of this podcast, I will be speaking briefly about my eating disorder history and what I go through now. So at about 13 years old, 12, 13 years old is when I first really started understanding what eating disorders were. And I remember I tried to, and this sounds bad, like for lack of a better way to phrase it, I tried to be anorexic, you know, I wouldn't eat breakfast. I wouldn't eat lunch at school. And then I would go home and I would either not eat or I would eat everything in my house. And that is called binge eating disorder. I never, you know, dabbled with, (laughs) dabbled, like I'm talking about drugs. I never, you know, had to have experiences with bulimia or anything, you know, and I'm very grateful that my microphone went out. Um, Anyways... (laughs) Back to the regularly scheduled programming. I never had anything super, super serious besides my binge eating disorder. And that's because I would wake up every day with full intentions on not eating the entire day. And then I would go home and I would eat everything that I laid my eyes on. But this really, really started in high school. And it all stems from feeling very insecure about my body my entire life. I wouldn't want to eat in front of people. I feared that they were judging, you know, what I looked like when I ate, how much I was eating, what I was choosing to eat. And my body made me insecure in that way. And so I just didn't like eating in front of people. So I avoided doing it at school, got into high school, same thing. I didn't want people judging me for what I was eating, right? Classically, the bigger girl chooses French fries at lunch. Didn't want to go through that. You know, classically, bigger girl eats peanut butter crackers for lunch, but she puts like two tablespoons of peanut butter between each cracker. And I didn't want to go through that. So I, for the first two years of high school, I avoided eating lunch at school. I didn't want to do it. But then, of course, I go home. I'm hungry. I'm stressed from school, my extracurriculars, whatever it is that's going on in my life, social life, whatever it was. And I would eat because I was hungry. I was physically hungry. I was emotionally hungry. And I was mentally hungry. And I never was taught or learned how to separate the different feelings of hunger and how to give them what they needed in order to feel full. 
And so now as a 23-year-old adult, after my weight loss journey, I am starting to relearn those hunger cues and differentiating between what is what and giving each one what it needs respectfully. You know, am I hungry because I'm hungry? Am I hungry because I'm stressed? You know, and is this stress so dire and so heavy that I need to comfort my body and my cortisol levels and give it a little bit of food? So that's kind of what I struggle with, but that's where my binge eating began. And it just increasingly got worse over time when I graduated high school and I went to college and my first semester of college was on campus and I lost about 15 pounds that semester. It was like three and a half months, four months. I lost 15 pounds, decided college wasn't for me at that time, left, felt very judged by my peers and everyone in my life that I loved and felt supported by. I no longer felt like I had a support system. I felt like I was disappointing everybody in my life. I felt like a failure and I felt discouraged. And so came the onset of severe anxiety, severe, severe, severe depression, which now I think all stem under my new diagnosis of ADHD that I got this past fall, but we'll get to that one day. But so I had these clinically, I, I was, what's the terminology I'm looking for? I went to a psychiatrist. They said, yeah, you're depressed. We're going to try to find you some medication. Yeah. You've got severe anxiety. Here's your medication. And that is kind of where my binge eating began. I had a really bad panic attack in 2017 that left me actually unable to physically eat for a month. Uh, I would experience growing up these things called, my family would call them air blocks. I don't know the medical term for them. I don't know what they are, but it has to do with your gastrointestinal system. Um, some people experience GERD. If you have GERD, then you know, but it's just basically my food would get stuck in my chest and it would be really, really painful. It wouldn't be like I was choking, but it would block my airways and it would be really hard to breathe. It would be really hard to swallow and it would create this physical sharp pain in my chest and my back. And sometimes it would take five minutes to go down. Sometimes it would take 20. You couldn't drink water. You couldn't do anything. And I had one in particular that lasted for almost 12 hours. I had to go to the emergency room. They had to give me muscle relaxers. And it was a time I told my mom that it went into like infrared lighting, like on photo booth, the filter, the infrared filter, <laughs> that's what being on the muscle relaxer felt like. But so I couldn't eat for like a month and then everything just went downhill from there. My depression got worse. My binge eating got worse. And over the next few years, I succumbed to my mental health and I let it absolutely destroy me. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was working these shitty jobs that I absolutely hated. I was living at home, watching my friends make other friends in college and experience and get to live their best lives. And it was, it was so hard. It was really hard to feel like I had lost my friend group that I had known my entire life and my support system that I just, I loved, I adored. And to feel like they no longer felt that way about me was really hard. So I turned to eating. Obviously I would try to go to the gym once in a while, but uh, that started in high school. I went to the local gym. I paid for a membership instead of using the high school gym because that was scary. And I would just do cardio. You know, that was always the go-to cardio, cardio, cardio. And I did that for years. I did that for years until about 21 when I got a job at a gym at the front desk 
And I really started to do my my research on exercise. I wanted to be a Pilates instructor. I wanted to be a bar instructor. And then I was like, I was just researching all these things. And I don't know how or when the switch happened. I don't know when I started falling, falling down the fitness and health rabbit hole that exists on YouTube. But I found probably the first one I can remember was uh, Natasha Ocean. She's a British YouTuber who was a PhD candidate for UCL in London. One of the smartest human beings I think I've ever had the pleasure of whose content I get to watch and experience and learn from. And she really opened my eyes to a world that I never thought I could be a part of. And that is kind of where it all started. From there, I found Greg Doucette. I found Will Tennyson, Chris Bumstead, all of these fitness and health influencers, Whitney Simmons, um, all ones that I truly love. And I was able to finally start differentiating the science and applying things that worked for me in my life and understanding that not everything people were sharing with me or that I was reading online was meant to fit my lifestyle and my body's needs and my mind's needs and my mental health, right? So I was, I spent a lot of time in quarantine when the world shut down, just watching those videos and reading the articles and figuring out what was going to work for me when the time came. Because right before the world shut down, I started getting into exercise. I wanted to get into the gym. I wanted to get into the weight room. I just didn't know how. I was by myself. I had nobody to go with me. I had nobody else who understood the science. I was lost. I felt like I didn't have support. So I started with 12, 3.30. I cried. (laughs) I couldn't do it without hanging on for dear life. And now I do 12, 3.30 and I'm like, man, like it's, it's, it's challenging, but it sucks. Like I'd rather be doing anything else. So that's where my journey with running started and Peloton and everything like that was wanting to find cardio that I really enjoyed. And 12, 330 was not it for me guys. It was not it. But my gym opened back in July of 2020, super, super restricted. You had to make reservations. They were for 45 minutes and I was, and I want to say that I was so, so, so incredibly lucky and fortunate. And I am so grateful that my, I went to a small hometown gym that had everything I needed to start learning how to lift weights and to get comfortable in the weight room and to feel like I finally earned my spot in the weight room. And that is so hard as a as a female especially, but anyone who is uncomfortable with those types of situations. So I got very lucky that for almost seven months, I worked out by myself for 45 minutes. I didn't have to work out with anybody else. I was able to feel stupid. I was able to look stupid. I was able to feel and look, you know, feel embarrassed about what I was doing because it was all in my head. Nobody else was watching me. It was just me in there. So I got very lucky and I didn't see results for months. I cried to my friends. I was so angry. I was so upset. And I took my sadness and anger out on other people. And I lost very important friends. I I became super toxic. And I once I lost some of my friendships and I really was able to step outside of myself and say, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Get your life together. I realized that I really needed to start healing from the inside. 
and I stopped counting calories. I stopped putting so much emphasis on my weight. I was still tracking my weight and I do still track my weight, but I don't put a lot of emphasis on it like I used to. Um, and I'm very lucky that I don't do that anymore, but losing those important friendships really allowed me to say, Hey, you know what? It's time to start doing the mental work. This was probably about November, December when I took a look at myself and I said, okay, time to reinvent. You know, you can't be living this lifestyle and still continuing to go backwards as much as you were physically. I was moving forwards. I didn't see it. It didn't feel like it. And I felt very discouraged and so upset. And it felt like the world was never going to be kind to me. And I was never going to make progress because I wasn't, I couldn't see it and I didn't see it. And little did I know that I was putting in the work and I was seeing the results both physically mentally, emotionally. So around December of 2020, January 2021, I really started to focus on having an open mind and really consciously pursuing positivity and optimism, which was something that I I had no clue. <laughs> I've never been that way in my life. You're going from super depressed, suicidal to having to wake up every day and go, today's the new day. I'm going to get better today. I'm going to make progress, even if I'm not making progress, even if it doesn't feel like I'm making progress. And that was really hard to do. And I had to work on that for a very, very long time. I still work on that every day and really begin to focus on the parts of my day, the parts of my week, month of my life that gave that gave fire and power to this part of myself that really needed the push to be positive and to be optimistic. And I got the most wonderful text in, I want to say September, I think from a friend I met this summer who was like, you know, I was just thinking about you today or the other day. He's like, sorry, I'm texting you so late, but you know, I was really reflecting on mindset and you really showed that to me this summer and just like, thank you for that. And that really opened my eyes to my purpose and what I'm here and what I'm meant to do now that I've done all of this hard work and I've done all of this legwork physically, mentally, and emotionally. <laughs> and what I get to share with other people is, and that's how to rebuild your mindset and to be that supportive friend and to that accountability partner to help you reach your goals through adjusting your mindset. And so that was honestly the biggest part of my weight loss journey was building that foundational, that thinking, the, the mindset that became one of the biggest foundational pieces to my entire journey to who I am today and the things that I get to share. And that search for personal growth and for happiness translated into my fitness, into my food. And they really helped each other and they worked together to create this lifestyle that felt purposeful and that made me want to get up every day. Going to the gym was the one thing that I looked forward to. It was the one thing that I knew I was getting up the next day. I was going in, I was putting in the work, I was getting progress, even if it didn't feel like it, even if I was bawling my eyes out when I got home because it felt like I was never getting any better. I, I still got up and I did it. The gym, going to the gym gave me purpose. It breathed this life back into me that I had been missing for so long. And so that search for 
growing my mindset and pursuing just pure happiness gave life to my fitness journey because it allowed me to say, you know what, eventually there will be progress. Eventually I will see success. And I am so glad I stuck with it because you see these transformations online. You see these fitness influencers. No one tells you how long it takes to get there. And when you see the super quick transformations, like six months, whatever it is, you know, good for them if they can keep it off for a lifetime, but how much mindset learning did they do? How much growth did they have to go through in six months? The shit takes years. You see people's bodies, that shit takes them five years, 10 years, wherever they're at, no matter how much they're lifting, no matter what their physique looks like. I'm only two years in. I was crying about not seeing progress three months in and newbie gains are real. They are real, but it's, it's crazy how much you realize is so fake in this world and how much people will push instant gratification onto you because we live in a world that feeds off of just being satisfied quickly. And that is not the case. You have to work. You have to put in the work for a long time to see results. So overall, my my weight loss in terms of that search for growth and happiness, it helped me heal my relationship with my body. And more importantly, it healed my mental health for the most part. You know, I, I pulled myself out of depression. I tried the medications. I tried therapy. I tried, I felt like everything under the sun and nothing ever felt like it was working. And when the gym finally gave me purpose in my daily life, that is when I started to lift myself out of my funk. And so every day I am so thankful that pursuing health and fitness and this growth healed healed me. It really did. It healed my mind. It healed my heart and it healed my body. And I am so, so lucky that I got to experience that. And I do experience that in... I don't want to act like I'm perfect and every day is perfect. You know, I bawled my eyes out this morning (laughs) for many reasons. But one quote that I've heard in regards to eating disorders, uh, especially, you know, me with my binge eating disorder and realizing that it is real. It is something that it it is an eating disorder. You know, I'm uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, I feel very justified, whereas I never really understood binge eating before and what it was, and I never felt like my experiences were validated because other people were borderline dying with their eating disorders. But comparison, just because someone else's life is worse doesn't mean that what you have going on in your life isn't valid. And it doesn't mean that it is not taking away or adding value to your life. And so something I learned about eating disorders in particular, but that I apply to my whole life, you know, my mental health issues and everything like that is that you are never going to be fully recovered, whether it is from eating disorders, from childhood trauma, from mental health, you are always going to be in recovery. And I heard that from a YouTuber, not a YouTuber, sorry, a TikToker, Brittany. Oh, I don't remember her name. Loopster. I don't remember her name, but she's this beautiful, lovely human being with short black hair on TikTok who got famous 
for showing her what I eat in a daze uh, as in recovery of her eating disorder. And it is something that sticks with me every time that I slip up or I feel like I'm going backwards or I feel like I'm just not doing enough. I'm not being productive enough. I'm not doing everything I can to move forward in my life. And that is because some days we just need a break and it is okay to slip up. It is okay to go backwards because healing is a personal journey for everyone. And healing, sometimes you're going to feel like you're going backwards, but you are always going forwards. It's two steps forward, one step back. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that is okay. So we need to emphasize to people more that slow is better. You hear the story about the tortoise and the hare. You you hear it all the time and you never want to believe it. And trying to apply these concepts to your own life can be really challenging. And it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of hard work, but you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Anyone can do it. And so the greatest piece of advice I ever got was you are always in recovery. And that really helped me in my weight loss because I was able to gain a lot of insight to my overall wellness and creating these sustainable habits and making my new lifestyle changes sustainable. And it allowed me to build a mindset that, you know, serves my purpose the best. And I was able to, for the first time in my life, see outside of myself. I was able to apply the things I was learning to my everyday life, but also to my friends' everyday lives and our work and our school and everything that we have going on. And to see that it is okay to not be good at things the first time. It is okay to look silly. It is okay to have to keep trying and falling and failing and having to get back up. And having to get back up is so hard. I just took a snowboarding lesson last week and my ass is still in pain, by the way, as I'm sitting here recording this. I'm sitting on my ass and it's in a lot of pain. And I felt really discouraged because I was taking a lesson with one of my best friends and she uh, she was a lesson ahead of me. So it was her second lesson, my first lesson. And she just, it felt like she got it so quickly. And I didn't feel like I was going to get it that quickly if I did another lesson. And I don't, well, first of all, I don't want to pay for another lesson because they're expensive. But I just felt so discouraged because I kept comparing myself. And I tried to do one run on my own and I kept falling. I was like, you know what? As long as I get back up, I can fall a million times over, but I'm getting to the bottom of that hill. And then I took one nasty fall on my butt and I just started crying because I was in so much pain. And I was like, I cannot get down this fucking hill because I'm in so much pain. And I felt like a failure and I felt so discouraged and I was irritated and I was infuriated at myself that I couldn't just get over that mental block to keep going. And I am very lucky that I have now built these foundational pieces of my life in my mindset, in my personality and my growth through my weight loss <laughs> that allowed me a few days later now to look back and say, you know what, I'm going to go out again. I'm going to find a hill. I'm going to do it on my own and I'm just going to practice what I learned. And then I, when I am ready for my next lesson, I will try again, but I don't need to move at anybody else's pace. I don't need to move I don't need to do it as often as other people want me to do it as long as I do it in a way that reflects my needs and my lifestyle. And that is just an example of how building these habits have helped build 
my build the the blocks of my life for a life full of fitness, health, and happiness. Three years ago, that snowboarding lesson would have been so discouraging to me, and I would have bawled about it for a week, and I would have found a new hobby. I would have ate my entire life away because I was so discouraged and so mad at myself, and I would have punished myself by overeating and completely overindulging when I didn't need to. So that is an example of how my weight loss has allowed me to build these habits that are going to lead to a life full of happiness and health. And I'm very lucky for that. So to kind of go back to the very beginning of this episode, I want to talk a little bit more about why I want to share my story. And I'm going to make it quick because I know this episode has already been super long. That was feedback I got from my first episode that it was kind of long. And I'm trying to be organized, guys. I'm trying to be organized. I'm trying not to over talk, but I like talking. Any one of my friends will tell you, I like talking a lot. So my podcast is an excuse to talk and I apologize. Just put me, just put me on fast forward, put me on speed up two times. You can just listen to me talk really fast, (laughs) but I want to share my story because of those creators I have found that have encouraged me to share my story and made me feel like I have something worth sharing and my friends as well who for the first time I feel like in my life in the past few years find value in my experiences and my journey and validate those experiences and encourage me to share what I know and make me feel like I have thoughts and knowledge that is valuable and worthwhile to people. And although I am slightly embarrassed to edit and upload YouTube videos right now that don't get any views and may never get any views, a podcast that may never get any listeners besides my friends who I was, I was very hesitant in the beginning to share with people anyways, because it's so embarrassing. (laughs) I feel like for me, but I, again, 2022 is about practicing what I preach and it's getting over that fear of people's judgment and people's opinions about me and just doing what I want to do. And I want to share my story. I want to share what I know and what I've learned because I feel like it could be really helpful, especially if I want to be a weight loss coach and a personal trainer. You have to live it to do it. You have to have the results. You have to have the, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know how I was supposed to finish that thought, but I have to live it and do it in order to help somebody else through it. That was good. I'm a poet please. Anyways, after hearing people I watch like religiously on the daily every week talk about their own struggles and just like I said in the beginning, hearing them speak about what they've been through, I realized that I've been through the same things, but I've already been through them and I've learned about them and I've been able to adjust my life and my habits and my mind to reflect those struggles so that if I ever do face them in the future, which I absolutely will and I have, then I have the skills and the basics to be able to move past them without completely sabotaging my entire life. And when you struggle with mental health or eating disorders, they can be very all consuming and it can just feel like there's no way out. And sometimes when you are in the middle of that binge, it can feel like you're just digging this hole and you're digging and you're digging and you're digging and you're at the bottom and you're looking up and you're like, shit, 
How am I supposed to crawl my way out of this one? So you just, you keep digging. You keep digging because you're like, I'm going to build a tunnel and I'm going to come out somewhere. You know, there's, there's something at the end of this. I don't know what it is. And that was the trap I would fall into was that, well, I've already ruined my day by eating a brownie for breakfast. So I might as well just keep going. But now I have a donut with my Greek yogurt and I'm like, what a way to fuel the beginning of my day. And I feel like that's really great growth. I, I look at that and I'm like, people could hear me say that and be like, really, you have a donut every day for breakfast? Yes, I do. What are you going to do about it? So I feel like that being said, I feel like that growth in this these ending results that I have about my own life and my own eating habits and them fitting my lifestyle and my personality can be very valuable to people that are struggling with the same things that these creators are going through, which is why they're able to build such strong and large communities is that we all go through very similar experiences and we're looking for that validation. We are looking for that external acceptance of our struggles and our needs that we don't know how to fulfill yet. So I feel like my story and the things I've learned will be very valuable to someone somewhere. And there's a lot of knowledge that I have that I, I, I worked my ass off every day, every night, reading about it, watching about it, putting together the things that I know to accommodate my lifestyle and my body's needs and my mind's needs. And it's hard to know where to begin. It's hard to know what you're reading or listening or watching is honest and truthful and is backed by science. And it's hard to know what's horseshit, what's not real. You know, what, what, what the fuck are they trying to sell you because they have an ebook or a 21 day program that they want you to purchase. But I've done that legwork. I've done that basic reading. I've done that collection of knowledge and I want to help people figure out where to start. And I want to help guide them through this information because I hear my friends saying things or I watch even people in the gym sometimes doing exercises and I'm like, Ugh like a part of me cringes and I'm like, no. And I'm not one of those people that sits in the gym and judges. I don't do that. I work at, well, I worked at a front desk at a gym. Like I think the gym is a safe space and it should be a safe space and you should feel comfortable doing whatever you want. I don't judge people necessarily by the exercises they're doing, but how they're doing it, especially these old men, these six year old men that are in their ego lifting. My God, I look at them doing the lat pull downs. I'm like, your, your neck doesn't hurt. (laughs) Your lower back isn't in the most pain you've ever felt. Because I watch you do that. I'm like, oh, my body would be in so much pain. So I just want to help people. And I want to share what I know with people. Because it can be really overwhelming when you don't know where to start. And you don't know how to weave your way through all of this information. And know what's real and what's not. And that's why my goal for 2022 is to become a personal trainer and a weight loss coach and hopefully start my own business because right now I'm kind of struggling with work right now, but it's okay. Uh, (laughs) But growing up, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher so bad. I actually wanted to get my master's in educational leadership to become a principal. That's how much I truly valued education in a young person's life. I think the right teacher can be life-changing because I've experienced it. We've all experienced it. And then I went through everything with my mental health, dropping out of college, blah, 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 and realize that there are other ways to teach people. And 
I, my goals are still to teach. I want to teach. I want to be a leader and I want to inspire people. And I want to foster a community that reflects my values and the things that I have to offer and share in this world. And, and people who feel the same as me or similar or maybe even different because different opinions create a well-rounded human being. But in particular, I've seen family members and loved ones in my life struggle with morbid obesity and the effect that it has on their mental health and the effect that it has on their presence in this world, in this physical world. You know, they're scared to go out in public because they know how the world views them. They know how the world treats them and they want to change. They just don't know how or when to start. And it breaks my heart that they feel like they have to because of how people see them and it's just it's so sad it, it is really sad and I want to ultimately help people come into the best version of themselves so they can feel comfortable in this life no matter what they choose to be what they choose to do what they choose to look like eat how they choose to exercise Everyone has a place in this world and I feel like my calling at this moment in time in this life is to work with and connect with people who are looking to make that change and they just, they don't know where to start. So I would love to go back to school once I'm finished with this degree in marketing and communications. I'd like to go back for health science or biology. I feel like an associate's will probably be sufficient enough in conjunction with my personal training certification and wellness coaching. And I would love to work with doctors and registered dietitians and personal trainers, not only in my direct area, but all over the country, world, whatever it is, right? We're thinking big here. That's big. Outside of my town is big. But I would like to work with certified professionals as a to be a liaison for these people that desperately want change and they want help and they just don't know where to start. They don't have the tools, they don't have the support and they don't have the accountability per person. We all have different home lives. We all have different family lives. And sometimes it's hard to not feel stuck, to not feel supported in your goals, especially when you're the only one who wants to achieve them and no one else wants to see you succeed or help you succeed. So in 2022, I'd really like to start working towards that current goal that I have. And that might change. I'm always changing what I want to do <laughs> with my life. But that being said, I'm ending off this very, very long episode, which I apologize once again that it is so long. I said I was going to work on it, but I like to talk. So Make sure if you haven't already, go ahead and follow me on my social medias. I'm on Instagram at VT underscore fit, F-I-T-T. -T. YouTube is Ash Fit, space like Ash space fit, F-I-T-T. -T. And my TikTok, which is what I probably upload to the most, is um, Sharpay Evans, but the E is a three and I probably will never change it. I really like my username. I should change it for uniformity and easy to find, but you know, that's not my MO these days. So make sure you go ahead, you go follow me. Let's connect. Let's stay friends and make sure you follow this podcast on anchor on Spotify and on Apple podcasts. You can download it. You can follow me, subscribe, whatever you got to do. I will talk to you in a couple of weeks, but until then, I hope you take this time to grant yourself the grace, the patience, 
the love, the kindness, the support that you deserve to give yourself today because you have enough energy to give it to everyone else. Start giving it to yourself. And if you don't want to do that, I will do it for you. I am giving it to you today for the rest of the week, for the next two weeks. And I am signing off with all of my love, all of my support, and giving you all of my patience. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. And if you're experiencing snow this week, Stay warm, but get outside. Bye, guys.